everybody and welcome to another edition of the Safety and Health Podcast, which is put together by SHP. So my name is Mark Lover. I'm the editor here at SHP. And today we've got a really important episode, I think. We do cover driver safety a fair bit on the magazine, but this is something that perhaps hasn't been covered too much. It's about a condition called obstructive sleep apnea. Now, before I go on and introduce my guests who have kindly come on to the show, I just think, you know, for context, just to give a bit of a, an overview of what this actually is. So I've got a, a couple of points here I'd just like to read out, which are quite eye-opening, actually. So obstructive sleep apnea is a recognised condition when literally your breathing stops and starts while, while you're sleeping. There are around 1.5 million people in the UK who actually have it, and it's estimated that a better diagnosis and treatment could actually save the NHS just shy of 30 million and, I guess, importantly, prevent up to 40,000 road accidents a year. Some of the symptoms are you can feel very tired during the day. There are issues around uh, concentrating, mood swings, headaches, which can be very serious if left untreated. Men are two to three times more likely to get it than women. However, women increase their risk if they're overweight and their risk also appears to increase after menopause. Typically, though, it does affect those that are overweight, have thickened necks, are older, drink smoke, can also be linked to a family history and other wider medical conditions. So you can't really assess the likelihood just by looking at someone. So as I said, my first guest today is John Davis, who is Regional Distribution Manager at uh, Air Products, a global industrial gas company. So hopefully by the magic of the internet, John is there. Good afternoon, John. Are you okay? Good afternoon, Mark. Nice to meet you. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you. Great. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming on. We also have Kevin Bird, who also works at Air Products. He's one of the drivers John works with and looks after. He delivers the, the product across the UK. And hopefully, Kevin, are you there as well? Good, good to see you. Yeah, good afternoon, Mark. Yes, I'm here. Great stuff. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. We, we appreciate it. So why are we all here then? So as mentioned, Air Products is a large industrial gas supplier, global firm, wide array of, of customers here in the UK. And obviously have a large fleet of delivery vehicles that go all over the country, as mentioned, which John looks after. So as well as, you know, as I say, the usual risks around driver safety, I want to focus on sleep apnea today. The reason Kevin's on, it's actually something that Kevin suffers from. And he's kindly agreed to sort of come on and, and talk about his experiences. And we're going to be speaking a bit later to John as well, because they put in a really good program around it. But first of all, Kevin, if I could come to you, do you mind just giving us a bit of an overview about how long you've been driving at Air Products? What do you do, basically? What's your day to day? What's that all about? What happens? Yeah, Mark, I've been with Air Products, I suppose, about um, six years now. And I'm always in my start time, six o'clock in the morning, generally a 10, 10 to three quarter hour a day. I deliver liquid nitrogen and carbon dioxide for the company. So really, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm doing, you know, on a day to day basis. Thanks, Kevin. And then just moving on to, you know, as I mentioned, you know, it's really good of you to come on. You've been diagnosed with sleep apnea. How did you find out about it? What was going on in your life at the time? Do you remember it? What happened when you got it? It must be just over a 12 months ago. I started to yep. feel excessively tired throughout the day, unusually tired. And like a lot of people, I, I ignored it. Then I started to realise, I thought, well, maybe I, maybe I ought to have a look at why I'm getting a bit tired. You know, is there something yeah. at home, diet, weight, all the usual things. So I went to my GP who prescribed nasal sprays and in, in that. <laughs> but nothing was working. But. After a month or two, I started to think maybe I've got sleep apnea. I know somebody that suffers with it and driving for a living, 
this could be quite serious if this is what I've got. But I didn't yeah. want to do anything about it. I kept going to the doctor. Basically, nothing was getting any better. And my, and my partner at home said that uh, my snoring was getting out of hand. <laughs> right. It, it yeah. was quite loud, to be honest. And, and she noticed on a couple of occasions that I would stop breathing, I suppose, for a minute or two, chug awake. And, you know, and of course, I'm not aware of any of this. And then I started to think, you know, this is something which has got to be sorted out, really. Kept on to the doctor. But the NHS, for as good as what it is, is bogged down with everything else that's going on. And I suppose this was going on for nearly a year, up until about July time, which is when I approached my supervisor, might have a problem. And, and that's when I was made aware, through my supervisor and John Davis, that their products was going to be put in a programme. I had to do something, to be honest. It, it was affecting my work. It was driving for a living and I, I couldn't take the responsibility if something went wrong and I did sure. nothing. So how did you feel John when you eventually got diagnosed with it was it a shock or was it a bit of a relief thinking well at least I know what it is now but then the effects it could have on job career and stuff was it a bit of a well a bit of a shock? When I started through the program and I was diagnosed with it I, I felt quite relieved that I've managed to finally get it off my chest that there is a light at the end of the tunnel condition which which could be managed you know it's not going to be back to normal but it's manageable it, yeah it's definitely manageable and I'm quite happy you know to be fair with you now that's one of the so, questions I'm going to come and ask you later I'm a bit on about how you're doing now but just just before I come into Johnny you mentioned as you say you know as blokes we're not very good at talking about our problems or health issues and stuff and you've been reluctant to get stuff sorted out but were you a bit concerned about going to your supervisor were you a bit worried about what this could mean because as you say driving it's the worst thing isn't it yes i was i was concerned uh, the biggest concern that i had was loss of license as a hgv driver it's my sole income it's what i do for a living and without my license then that's it that's what i looked at it was game over and i didn't know where i stood with that or any of it like you said earlier too scared to put my hand up and say I just didn't know and to be honest there isn't a great deal out in the wide world about all of this it was a bit of a worrying time which I felt could have exacerbated the whole the symptoms when I was researching this there isn't a huge amount is there there's not a huge amount no, I mean no. there's the stuff you can find a bit online but that's why I'm really pleased that it's something that we can raise with our audience and our readers because I think people need to be more aware of it I'll come back to you in a second Kevin if that's all right but John if I could just turn to you now if you're there you look after obviously a huge amount of, of drivers again same question that I asked ask Kevin are you able just to give us uh, some context just a bit of an overview of what your role involves and if possible some of the risks that you're managing sure yeah look after a large number of drivers throughout the UK as a business yeah. one of our core principles is all about safety challenges from a safety perspective fatigue in the driving fraternity is certainly one of them and yeah. fatigue can be brought along by quite a few things lack of sleep by general social interactions as well as medical conditions and as you pointed out earlier on the amount of people that could potentially suffer from just one element of fatigue i.e sleep apnea is concerned as a business particularly when people at risk as you highlighted before drivers fall into that category there has been a couple of instances in air products in my region before where drivers have been diagnosed and therefore had their license suspended. 
as a business, we, sure. we supported those individuals, but then set down a path of how can we promote individuals to take proactive solutions to sleep apnea rather than us reacting to the diagnosis of sleep apnea. So with some of our driving colleagues, that the unionised group that they're in, we set about some parameters and how we were going to support drivers should they volunteer to this scheme and subsequently get diagnosed. And Kevin was very much at the forefront of this. By coincidence, we'd just finalised all the parameters of what we were going to yeah. launch in a programme. And then Kevin came forward and voluntarily made his supervisor aware. And that's testimony yeah. to the relationship that the supervisor has with Kevin and vice versa. Very much where I got involved then. And we have this scheme. And in a nutshell, it's a couple of questionnaires. The first one is preliminary questionnaire that the service provider that we're using will screen. Then there's a more in-depth questionnaire if they think it's likely. And yeah. then they do a sleep study for a couple of days. I think it was three days and nights, I think it was, Kevin. And then they come up with a diagnosis. Because it's such a taboo subject generally, yeah. and drivers quite rightly are fearful of their livelihood, knowing we hope that the company will support them throughout this diagnosis and treatment programme. There'll be no financial loss to the driver and we'll pay for all this treatment to go ahead for as long right. as they need it. Yeah, This would A, give them some comfort and B, that we would be proactive in this in solving this problem yeah. rather than reactive to any sort of incident that may happen due to fatigue. And Kevin, as I say, came just at the right time for the, everything to be approved and kept very much, forgive the guinea pig label, Kev, was very much the sample test run to, to prove the point and prove the support that drivers were going to get within our products. So absolutely delighted that Kevin has gone through this process and feels 100% better and supported by the business, not from a, just from a personal point of view, but from a business yeah, point yeah. of view. Kevin now is under treatment. He's informed the DVLA. The likelihood is he will not be suspended from from license because he's under treatment rather than being diagnosed and then there's that gap between diagnosis mm. and treatment and in that meantime dvla most of the time suspend the license until treatment is is underway and they've had some test results given so from a business perspective it, it's it's win-win for us from a safety perspective and keeping the driver mm. working and from yeah. the personal perspective of the driver, they feel supported, very much valued by our products and very much, you know, part of the company. It's really good on this podcast that, you know, we often have managers and health and safety managers coming on. But it's really good to sort of hear from those people at, at the, you know, that are at the coalface, for want of a better term. And Kevin, if I could come back to you, some of those points that John just touched on. How, how did you feel when you found out there was this program? And as John said, did it make you feel a bit better, feel valued that they're listening to, to some of your problems? Did it help with that sort of anxiety around it? Um Yes, it was nice to hear that the that there was a program being put in place. Uh, and okay, I was the first one. I was a bit skeptical. I I I, should, I, I, I can probably you know say because all brand new. Pardon me for saying, but are they going to be good for their word and true to their word? I've not had a problem. I felt I could go to my own supervisor on a couple of occasions. I'd say to her, look. Can I have a later start tomorrow? Can I have an earlier finish because of, you know, being tired? Of, and, 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 and it was just accommodating. And it just made me feel that it was worth, you know, what they're saying, yeah. honest. How's it going? So it's been, yeah, how many, six months or a bit less than that? July, you know. July. I suppose 
actually on the programme itself back end of August. So, yeah, it's been a good yeah. couple of <laughs> to be quite honest. I quite look forward to going to bed now because I've known <laughs> amount of sleep, you know, and yeah. feel, feel relatively fresh the next day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I still get the odd day where I'm tired and I, sure. I natural. Um, but um, overall, yeah. And, and to be honest, I noticed a change practically straight away. That's really interesting. So what we I think we touched on a bit, haven't we, is a bit of a stigma around other drivers that might feel worried about like coming forward. But what would you say to any other people that are perhaps going through the same thing as you, men and women, if they're having that? This My advice to anybody that feels like I did, tired, a bit worried, a bit concerned, then take all the fear about losing your licence and put that to one side and just think about your own health. Because living with sleep apnea, as I found out, and not getting it treated will have long-term implications for your own health. So just on that alone, it must be worth going forward and getting yeah. diagnosed and treated. And driving, there have been times, I suppose, where I'd think to myself, oh, how did I get here? Really frightening. Sure. You know, I've said to John, and to my supervisor before, I said, how could I live with myself if there had been an accident and I hadn't had anything done? So, yes, anybody that's suffering with tiredness, anything like that, I would say, go ahead, get tested. If they have yes. that, then crack on and get it sorted out because it just changes your, you know, your, your, your life, to be fair. With you. That's good advice. John, credit to you guys as well for putting this programme in place. And I think you used a good word there about employees feeling valued. Is it good to sort of hear Kevin's feedback in that regard? He's kind of proud of what, what you guys have done. Definitely so. I mean, as a manager, I would guess that managers in years gone by have a far different role to what managers have today. And yeah. I'm happy to 90% of my role is driver welfare in its various guises. And that makes it a completely different job to what this role was probably like 30 to 40 years ago. People should not be ignoring any symptoms, whatever they are. You know, go and seek advice and assistance from a GP or if your company offers that, whether it's fatigue, sleep apnea, anything. Very much a male-orientated part of the, part of the yeah. industry driving. As men, we kind of are a bit insular and we, we don't talk about what maybe is troubling us, what, what symptoms we have. So if anyone's worried about any symptoms they should get themselves checked over and, and indeed diagnosed in Kevin's case as, as sleep apnea. And Kevin or any other people that take this seriously and get themselves tested and indeed then undergo treatment, we don't know what benefits and lives we may have saved. All we'll know is we've done the yeah. right thing and supported a very much valued member of our team. John, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much. No problem. Thank you. And Kevin, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and wishing you all the best going forward. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. That's the end of this episode. I think you'll agree it was a fascinating one. So I'll put some links below in the show notes about more information on this issue. And it's something that I expect to cover in the magazine now going forward a fair bit as it's so important. But if you are new to the Safety and Health podcast, please do go back to our archive online where you can check out previous episodes. If you like what you hear, you can also follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm also told it's available on your smart speaker, so simply ask to play the Safety and Health podcast 
we'd be really grateful if you could rate us and comment on your chosen platform as that will help us get the shows out to a wider audience which is what we ultimately want to do on topics like this and also finally please do stay tuned into shp online for the latest health and safety news you can also sign up for our daily e-newsletter if you haven't already thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time take care